How many are grateful for the presence of God in this house? Praise the Lord. Let's make our way to our seats as quickly as possible. Love you so much, guys. I missed you. Prom was incredible. It was so much fun. Love you guys. Please, tonight, before you go home, not right now, but before you go home at some point tonight, I want you to go to reallifecolumbus.com and check out the most incredible website Juan has made for this student ministry. He worked very hard. I'm so proud of him. It is one of the most beautiful websites I've ever attended, been on. Um, so go check it out, reallifecolumbus.com, and it, you will get connected by doing that. We, we're trying to make it easy for you guys to get connected to the family God has put in this house. We love you so much. But right now, I want to challenge each and every one of you. Can I turn into your spiritual coach tonight? I've missed you. It's been a couple weeks since I've gotten to preach to the most incredible students on the face of this planet. And I missed it. I, I miss preaching and, and ministering God's word to you guys. So tonight, I, I want to welcome you to the first week of Summer Vibes. It's going to be a good summer, real life. I'm so proud of the class of 2017. But tonight, I've got an agenda. And it's an agenda that, that requires your attention. It requires you to put your phone away. It requires you to stop talking to the person next to you. It requires you to put some focus and attention in because tonight I'm not going to be talking about God. Tonight I believe with all of my heart that I am going to be speaking on behalf of God. It's a prophetic word tonight that you need to lean in and listen close to because it will help you and give you a hope and a future. I want you to listen close because Tonight, God wants us to understand that if we're not fighting for something, we're surrendering to everything. Tonight, if we're not fighting spiritually, then we're surrendering to every demonic stronghold that the enemy of your soul is putting against you. If you're not trying with all that's in you to get, grow deeper and more madly in love with Jesus, man, you are slowly spiritually dying because what you feed grows and what you starve dies. The, the only thing that God has called you and I to surrender to is him and nothing else. That is good. I need to hear some amens tonight because that is important. The only thing you need to surrender to is God Almighty and nothing else on the face of this planet. Our culture of acceptance, our postmodern, everything is okay. Man, if that works for you, it's good. Have fun with that. Do, do your thing. It's okay. That's our culture of acceptance. It's calling us to surrender to any and every ideal when God is calling us to fight for what's right in this life. Philippians 4.8 is very clear. In God's word it says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, and what is pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Man, all the other stuff in this world is trash in comparison to the good things that God has for us. And this, that right there is what we should be fighting for, young people. What is good, what is pure, what is noble. 
You are called to be men and women of character. You're called to be men and women of integrity. You're called to be men and women of purity. You're called to be something significant in this world. You're not just a normal person. You're a world changer. And world changers have to fight for their high calling. But what many of us don't understand is this. What you allow into your life, you endorse. It's guilt by association. What you are okay with eventually becomes a part of who you are. It's what you digest. Man, when you eat, obviously it, it's, it's going to show, right? You eat a bunch of Twinkies and you, you hang out at McDonald's, Kennedy, right? Your heart is going to have some problems, amen. Guilt by association. But the, the opposite is true. What you fight for proves what your heart's conviction is. Man, what you're willing to fight for will show what you really believe. Man, Jesus said in John 14, 15, the true test of your love and devotion to him is if you obey him and obey his word. The type, this type of obedience requires a daily fight. It's a struggle. It is every single day, no days off, fighting. The vibe, this is what the dictionary describes a vibe as. This is summer vibes. And a vibe is a person's emotional state or the atmosphere of a place as communicated and felt by others. See, y'all, we can tell when somebody's in a funk, right? When somebody's in a funk, they, they give off a vibe, man. It's like, man, somebody just ruined their day, and they're, they're making sure that everybody else's day is ruined too, right? You know when that happens. Or, or you can tell when somebody is like on cloud nine. Everything is going well. They, all they do is win. Like, come on, y'all. It's like I want to be around that person because they're like, y'all want to win? Come with me. We're doing this thing. Right? And they give off a vibe like, man, I can't lose. This is awesome. Life is good. And those types of people are attractive. Amen? You can put out a vibe that, that you like someone, right? You know, hey. I see you. Put a little extra cologne when you're around that, that special someone, right? Yeah? No? Maybe a little little eyeliner to make your eyes pop, ladies, right? You, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a girl. Thank you for pointing that out. You can put out a vibe that makes it obvious that you want somebody to go away, right? When, right? When, you're, when your mom or your dad asks you, you come home from school or work, and, and your parents are like, hey, how was your day, sweetie? And you're like, and you're like it was fine. Right? Right? We do it all the time. Well, well what did you do? What, how was school? What happened at school today? Nothing. Right? You, you put off a vibe that you want them to go away. How's your boyfriend? Mom, shut your mouth. I'm not talking to you about him, Mom. Right? You can put out a vibe that makes it obvious they want you to go away. Vibes can do one of two things. They can, they can attract or they can cause conflict. And I think tonight most of us recognize, if, unless you're a crazy person, you don't really like conflict. People don't like 
conflict. But here's the deal, real life. I want you to recognize this tonight. Two natural responses or vibes will take place in your life this summer. You will fight or you will run. The scientific terminology behind this is the fight or flight, right? In science class, you, you have a natural innate reaction to what's going on around you. It's the fight or flight reaction. And that's going to happen this summer. You're going to either fight for something or you're going to run from something. You're going to stand your ground or you're going to surrender. You're going to be proactive. You're going to go after things this summer or you're going to be complacent. That's what I'm talking about tonight. You're going to be passionate or you're going to be lazy. That's, that's the two things that will constantly flow all summer long. You're either going to fight for what you believe or you're going to conform to what everyone else tells you to do. An example I'll never forget in my life is one time in high school, we were in this prank war with the junior class. I was a senior. Y'all know it. Y'all had prank wars before, amen? Yeah. Pastor, Pastor Juan still needs his hubcaps back, praise the Lord. And here's the deal. We were in this prank war, and the junior class had the nerve to threaten the senior class, saying that if we pranked their class president's house like we said we were going to, that they would turn this into fun and games into an all-out brawl. They said, it's, it's going to be on if you, if you prank his house. We're going to go to war with you guys. And we're like, okay, we'll even tell you the weekend we're going to do it, fellas. And so let me just tell you guys, I promise you, real life, I promise you, I have never seen a better toilet paper job in my entire life. Guys, we used plastic straws. We got them from the movie theater. They gave us straws in bulk. So we took bundles of straws, stabbed them into the ground, and made like icicle flowers out of the straws. There was not a single spot that was left without toilet paper. We even used white napkins to make the mess even worse. It was incredible. It took 40 of us to do it. That's how massive it was. And here's what happened. We, we did the job. Nobody caught us. And we went back to where we were hanging out at. And, and we were having a celebration with this bonfire. It was awesome. We, we were camping out that night. It was just a bunch of guys having fun. And... The next thing we know, as we're hanging out by the fire, it was this country house. So the driveway was like a quarter mile. So like this driveway was forever long. And the next thing we know, we see one car, two cars, three cars, four cars, five cars pulling into the driveway. And somebody yelled out, oh my gosh, it's the juniors. Let's go. And so all of us, as the whole senior class, we start running towards those cars because we're about to brawl. Man, we're going about to show these little boys how men work. And so the next thing that happened is we're getting close, running towards the adversary. And the next thing, somebody looks up and yells, oh, my gosh, it's the cops. Run. <laughs> And so a group of young men that were running to the fight, the next thing we knew, everybody started running away from the fight. And I'm the only sane person saying, guys, no, 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 no. You run from the popo, it's bad. Don't run. Just assume the position. Put your hands on your head, guys. Come on, we're done. Yeah. 
And they brought, they literally brought a bus from the police station. And they said, you've got one of two options. You can go and clean up the mess or you can get in the bus and we'll take you to jail. And so we're like, okay, yes, sir, we'll clean it up. And so the entire junior class watched us as we cleaned up the incredible job. But the, the redeeming factor was the sheriff of our county walked up to me and he said, son, I have never seen a better job than this in my whole life. And I took pride in that. It was incredible. But this summer, the opportunity to give in to temptation and give up your convictions will look attractive when things are not going your way. It'll look good to just, man, forget this. Sin will look good even in the moment, but it's only going to last for a short time. Sin will leave you shamed. It will leave you empty. It will leave you wanting for more, and you will be regretting every moment. Even though it feels good for a second, it will leave you with regret. But tonight I want you to realize, I know that's funny, but when your heart is truly captivated by something, you will willingly fight when anything comes against it. When your heart is truly in something, when your relationship with God is truly birthed out of passion, man, you'll do anything that's possible to get in your word every single day. You'll do anything that's possible to get in your prayer closet as often as possible. You'll do anything that is possible to get here at Real Life to communicate and to commune with a group of young believers who love God with all of their heart. I've got one more story in it. When I started to pursue a relationship with my beautiful wife, Jubilee, she's smoking hot, by the way. When I started to pursue her, y'all, I sent her a note. Back then, it was, it was cool to email. And I sent her an email. And... I sent her this email, and it said, hey, I heard she had won homecoming queen at her school. And so I sent her an email. We didn't go to the same school. And I said, hey, girl, um, how about you let me take a queen to lunch, right? <laughs> Woo! Yeah. The, here's the funny part about this story. She actually took a guy named Jacob to the dance. Yeah. She did go to lunch with me, but, but here's the part of the story that I want to share with you guys tonight. This guy named Jacob was actually infatuated with Jubilee. Border, borderline psychopath. I'm being real. Uh, the week before we got married, my wife, this is how crazy this guy was. The week before we got married, she had a dream that Jacob showed up and shot her in her wedding dress. It was ter- that's how terrible he was to her. And he was trying real hard in this season to be her number one option, right? And y'all, can you feel me for a second? Jacob was this guy who was obviously in the friend zone. <laughs> Ladies, you know that guy who is like obviously attracted to you, but you're just like going to let him stay around because he gives you stuff, right? <laughs> I know how y'all work. I've been married 14 years. I know how it works. And so Jacob was in the friend zone, and absolutely, for the record, I was not encroaching on his territory because there was nothing official between the two of them. And I saw something in my wife, now wife, Jubilee, so I started making moves. Because when your heart, 
When your heart says, yeah, with the fear of the Lord. And when Jubilee and I started talking, and especially when we went on our first date, which was October 21st, a date that will always be in my memory. The date I took her out was the day that Jacob became angry. And in that moment, Jacob began to start running his mouth. He started real hard to trash Jubilee's reputation. He started telling lies about the two of us. It didn't take long for it to get to the point where I had to invite Jacob to a come to Jesus meeting. And so I had the common sense because I was mad. I like this girl. And this, this joker was telling lies about the woman of my dreams. And when you're passionate about something, you're willing to fight for it. Amen? And so I purposely, with the conviction of God, I purposely chose a public place so I could keep my composure. But I told this joker, I, told, I let him know that I've heard the rumors, I've heard the lies that he's been spreading about Jubilee and about my relationship with her, and I put it very simply to him. I said, if I hear one more thing, just one more, it doesn't matter if it's a lie. That's how hard you need to work. You need to put a stop to this by going to everybody you've run your mouth to, and you tell them, please shut your mouth or it's going to be problems for me and Jonathan. And I told him if I hear it one more time, we're going to have another meeting, and it's not going to be so nice. And I'm telling you guys tonight, I'm, I'm going on with this story, but this man tucked his tail real quick, and for the most part, we never had a problem with him again because you fight for what you're passionate about. The vibe God wants us to understand this summer is good things in this life are worth fighting for. Good things in this life are worth fighting for. So if you've got your Bibles, it's going to be on the screen. But the story I'm preaching from, I'm going to be quick, is 1 Samuel chapter 11. It's a powerful and graphic story. It says in verse 1, King Nahash of Amnon led his army against the Israelite town of Jabesh-Gilead. But the citizens, hear this, this is so interesting. The citizens of Jabesh immediately are asking for peace. They're immediately saying, hey, don't attack us. Come on, guys. Let's make a treaty. Let's partner together. Come on. It's okay. We'll even be your servants. So they're under attack, and the first thing they do is bow down. Watch that. And it says, we'll be your servants. And so, all right, Nahash said, but only on one condition. I will gouge out the right eye of every one of you as a disgrace to all of Israel. That's graphic. That's a bad deal, y'all. Give us seven days to send messengers throughout Israel, replied the elders of Jabesh. If no one comes to save us, then we will agree to your terms. Real life, I'm, I'm proposing tonight that we're doing this today. Our generation is trying to live in peace with enemies that are set on destroying our souls. Our generation is just like the Israelites. They, we are set on backing down and bowing out whenever trouble comes our way. No, it's okay. We'll make a deal. Man, we can live with that. You come and take territory in my home. You come and take territory in my life. It's okay. I'll even serve you, even though you're my enemy. Our generation is doing this. This summer, the enemy is going to try to make deals with you to compromise. The enemy will also try to make 
partnership with him attractive? Man, it's better than death. I'll only hurt you a little bit. Unfortunately, it's my observation that we are way too comfortable with being associated with things that are only destructive to our lives. It doesn't take long to look at your playlist, to hear the trash that's coming out of your speakers in your car, to know that you are making deals with someone that is trying to destroy your soul. We're too comfortable. Oh my gosh, nobody clap for that one. We're making deals. We're, oh, there are way too many young men every single day of your life viewing pornography on a regular basis. That trash is going to destroy your life. If you're not going to be faithful to your wife now, God knows you won't be faithful to her 10 years from now. In this story, come on, y'all, let's be mature. In this story, the people of God were saying, instead of fighting, we'll let you in. Instead of fighting with everything that we've got, we'd rather die than surrender. They, they said, no, come on in. We'll even serve you. We'll live close and let you be a part of our everyday lives. Instead of fighting, we're partners. And a life, I've, I'm here to tell somebody tonight, a life that is devoted to God should be a life that is dedicated to fleeing even the appearance of evil. Negotiation with our enemy causes us to be comfortable with things we should never be okay with. They were actually considering gouging out their own eyes and being slaves as opposed to fighting for freedom. Learn from this story, real life. As a follower of Jesus Christ, your response to attack or temptation should never be surrender. When temptation comes your way, giving in and giving up should not be a posture of your heart. Scripture is clear. God is faithful. He will not allow a temptation to come your way that he won't be faithful to give you a way of escape. The people of Jabesh were about to be attacked, and they said, let's make a deal. Let's bargain. Please hear me tonight. Listen close to this. Surrendering to the enemy of your soul will always come at a great cost. Surrendering, giving in when it's, when it's like right in front of you. I can do this. This is mine to have. Man, when you give in, when you know deep within your soul that it's not the way God wants you to live, when you surrender to that, it will always come at a great cost. Please put that on the screen. That's important. Your vision, they said they'd gouge your eyes out. Your vision for life can be forever damaged by surrendering to temptation that you should be fighting. Surrender will require you to give away that which you cannot get back without a miracle. Do not choose to run when you should be fighting. Please, this summer, let's fight with everything that we've got in real life. It's time to fight, and God is calling us to fight the evil that we've bowed down to and partnered with. Young person, when the enemy of your soul attacks you this summer and tempts you and tries to lure you into a deal, remember this story. Nahash said, if we spare you, we're going to gouge every one of your right eyes out. Help us understand. This story helps us understand if you surrender to the enemy, you will be crippled. If you, if you choose not to fight the enemy, you'll be blinded. If you partner yourself with the enemy, you'll be marked and disfigured in ways God never intended for your life. 
But I believe that someone is going to get some fight in your spirit this summer. Because 2 Corinthians 6.14, it says very clearly, do not partner yourself with those who do not believe. For what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? That needs to be on the screen, media team. Come on, guys. Get with me tonight. I love you. But the word of God, no, the scripture, do not partner yourself. You need to see this. It's black and white, guys. It's God's word. Don't partner yourself. Because what do righteousness and evil have in common? What does light have with darkness? They can't mix together. God's word is telling us we can't be a child of light and involved in darkness. We cannot be the people of God associated with the enemies of God at the same time. And the story, I'm, I'm going to finish as quick as I can here. When the story continues, it says this, when the messengers came to Gibeah of Saul and told the people about their plight, everyone broke into tears. Everyone was like, oh my gosh, this is happening. We're never going to win. This is a, it's a defeated mindset. That's our culture that we live in. It's a defeated mentality that, man, everybody's doing it, so I can't win. Saul had been plowing in a field with his oxen, and when he returned to town, he asked, what's the matter? Why is everybody crying? So they told him the message from Jabesh, and see this very clearly. Then the Spirit of God came powerfully on Saul, and he became very angry. The Spirit of God came on him, and it made him mad. It put a fight in him. And so Saul got up on the inside and said, this is not right, and I'm not going to stand for it. The Holy Spirit, hear this, the Holy Spirit gives us an anointing, which is a power to fight. And God showed me this frightening truth. I hope you understand this tonight, that if you are not fighting your enemies or your temptations, then you're not flowing in the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're not angry at the, the strategy of hell against your life, then you're not actually functioning in the power of the Holy Spirit. We have got to realize this summer that the enemy has a strategic plan in place to take you out. That fact should inspire each and every one of us to fight back. The anointing of the Holy Spirit comes from fighting every day for purity. Today I'll be a man of character, making a determination and a decision. Today I'll embrace purity. Today I'll protect what I see, what I hear, what I consume, what I do, how I talk, what I post. I will be today a man of the Holy Spirit every day. And the story goes on like this. This is crazy. Saul got crazy mad. He's, it says Saul took two oxen and cut them into pieces. This is gory. This is graphic. They were live and now it's bloody. It's a mess. They're in pieces. It's gross. It's not like at the, the meat section at Walmart. It's not clean at all. It's, it's the, the messengers have blood all over them. See this mental picture. He cut these ox into all kinds of pieces. Sent messengers to carry them throughout Israel with this message. This is what will happen to the oxen if any of you refuse to follow me and Samuel into battle. He was saying, man, if you don't start fighting, your provision's going to get cut off. And the Lord made the people afraid of Saul's anger, and all of them came out together as one. What would happen if somebody in this room got the Holy Spirit of God on them and said, this summer, I'm not going to stand for the pit of hell that is trying to take my friends out. And you start acting like Saul and start rallying people around you. Come with me because this isn't okay. 
And it says when Saul mobilized them at Bezek, he found that there were 300,000 men from Israel and 30,000 men from Judah. So Saul sent messengers back to Jabesh Gilead to say, we will rescue you by noontime tomorrow. And obviously there was great joy throughout the town when that message arrived. The men of Jabesh told their enemies, tomorrow we'll come out to you and you can do whatever you wish. Before dawn the next morning, Saul arrived having divided his army into three detachments. He saw he launched a surprise attack against the Ammonites. And hear this, he slaughtered them the whole morning. When you get angry at the enemy, you can take authority over him. The remnant of their army was so badly scattered that no two of them were left together. See, you think the thwarts and the attacks of the enemy of your soul that are on your life right now are so powerful, but if you would get the Spirit of God on you and get angry, man, you could tear them to pieces with the power of God. Praise God. I want to invite the band to come quickly. Stand to your feet all across this place. No talking, no, no distraction. Leaders, come forward quickly. I'm here tonight to, to inspire somebody in this room. When you fight under the anointing and power of God, your enemies will become embarrassingly weak. Man, somebody needs to start believing that. When you fight in the Spirit of God, your enemies will become weak. I promise you that. I, I experience that every single day of my life. But you've got to have the Spirit of God and the power of God to fight. God has sent me tonight to tell somebody, don't embrace defeat when God's called you to live in victory. Stop embracing defeat when God has called you to be more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. This summer, you're not called to partner yourself with things that have no place in the life of a Christ follower. We're called to fight. Amen? One of my favorite parts of this scripture is Saul got up and fought, and this is what happened when he got up to fight. The people followed him. And so I'm here to tell someone in this room, you think if you stand up on the inside and try to fight, you're going to be all alone. But this is what God wants to tell you tonight. Your willingness to fight will inspire others to fight with you, and you'll, you will not have to fight alone. If you get up on the inside and you say, man, I'm done living this way. I'm tired. I've tried it, and it's left me wanting. I feel empty on the inside. I've got everything that I've tried to get, but I'm still empty and I'm tired of it, if you get up and start fighting for, for what God wants for your life and you start fighting for purity, I promise you, you start fighting and somebody's going to take notice and they're going to say, I want what you've got. Can we do this together? And then when they say that they see the two of you fighting and they're going to see you and they're going to ask, what are you guys doing? Because it's going to look different. It's going to be different because everybody else is conforming. But the two of you are fighting and they're going to say, you know what, can I join you? And then one after one after one, there's going to be a circle of friends that will surround your life and give you strength. And you're not going to have to do this on your own. I promise you that because that's God's word.